Peace Corps gives us a chance to show a side of our country which is too often submerged. Our desire to live in peace, our desire to be of help. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real than to be a member of the Peace Corps of the United States. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the My Peace Corps Story Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lloyd, and I'm here to help tell the stories of current and returned Peace Corps volunteers. If you like what you hear today, be sure to let me know over at MyPeaceCorpsStory.com and connect with me on Instagram at MyPeaceCorpsStory or on Facebook by searching for My Peace Corps Story. Additionally, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. Five-star reviews are extremely appreciated, but more than anything, I want to know what you think so I can better serve my audience. And speaking of five-star reviews, I'd like to give a special thanks to Memories Mummies Mexico. They say, a very well-done podcast. Five stars. Tyler is a returned Peace Corps volunteer, RPCV, who has his own story, but he doesn't let that intrude into getting other volunteers to tell theirs in a very conversational-style interview. Production is tight, and recording quality is great. I'm an RPCV, and I tend to recommend this to other RPCV friends. This is a super podcast for RPCVs, wannabe PCVs, and never going to be PCVs. Well, Memories Mummies Mexico, thank you very much for your kind words. I work to put together a very high-quality podcast, and what you've said really means a lot to me. Today on the show, I talked to Scott Skinner, who served in the Republic of Georgia from 2012 to 2014 as an education and youth development volunteer. He lived in the Racha region of northern Georgia, way up in the mountains and just south of the Russian border. So, as he says, he spent a lot of his time chopping wood. But his Peace Corps service was much more than that. But I'll let Scott tell you the rest of his Peace Corps story now. This is this is this is this is my my Peace Corps Peace Corps my Peace Corps my Peace Corps story story story. My name is Scott Skinner, and this is my Peace Corps story. Good morning, Scott. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Good morning. Good morning, and I am really interested to talk to you mainly because of where you served and a lot of my preconceived notions that I had about uh, Georgia and Eastern Europe in general when I was doing the Peace Corps process that have since then changed. So I'm really excited to hear your story about your service as a volunteer. Great. I'm excited to tell you about it. Yeah. So just to start off and let everybody know uh, a little bit about you, you know, who is Scott, where did you serve? And you can even, you know, give more background information and then lead them up to today, what you're what you're doing. Uh, sure. So, um, like you mentioned, my name is Scott Skinner. I served from 2012 to 2014 in the Republic of Georgia. I lived in a little small village called uh, Ambrolari in the Racha region, which has the population density of Alaska um, and is way up in the mountains, uh, pretty close to the Russian border, uh, where I was an education and youth development volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, after Peace Corps, I spent a couple of years in D.C. Uh, working in corporate development for a nonprofit there. And I'm currently getting my MBA at the University of Michigan. And interestingly enough, I was actually just back in Georgia um, last week to uh, to see my old village, to see the capital city, and to show some new friends around. Awesome! I'm I'm hoping that I can make it back to Burkina next year. I've got a little trip planned, you know, to do a little tour, visit people, and also knock off a few of those things that I was never able to do as a volunteer, mainly on a volunteer salary uh, while in the region. 
That was a big thing, yeah. I was um, staying in nice hotels, going to parts of the country that I wasn't really able to afford to go to. Um, mm-hmm. was a really, really awesome experience. Well, I was glad, glad you're able to do that. Well, then, just starting off, what do you want people to know about Georgia? Um, because I, I would hope that the audience in general for, for this podcast knows that Georgia, Georgia is not only a state in the United States, but is also <laughs> a country. But let, let everybody know um, some facts about Georgia that come to mind when you think about the country you served in. Sure. So Georgia is not a place that I would have picked off a map to do my Peace Corps service. Um, it is in a really interesting part of the world, um, but I knew nothing about it going in. It's a small country. It's about the size of North Carolina, uh, between four and five million people, um, and is just beautiful. If you, anyone listening has a chance, go just Google pictures of Georgia. It, it is a, an amazing, beautiful country with a rich tradition and a really rich history and culture and uh, an incredibly hospitable culture, which I was really lucky to, to experience while I was in the Peace Corps. Um, Georgians tend to believe that guests are a gift from God and they treat guests that way. Um, so being a guest for two and a half years, despite, um, despite uh, integrating well into my community, um, it was a really amazing experience to, to get to know people and I couldn't recommend it enough. And when you started the application process, you were you did the same application process that I did, where there was no p- picking a country. Um, so, w- where did you want to go bef- when you started the process? Did you think, you know, oh, I want to go to South America or Africa? Or- sure. Um, I mean, everyone has those kind of preconceived notions of what you do in Peace Corps, right? You're you're you're, you're digging wells, or you're teaching English, or you're doing something. I, I spoke a little bit of Spanish, so I, I thought South America or Latin America. Mm-hmm. Um, most Peace Corps volunteers, I feel like, have this, um, when you think of Peace Corps, you think of sub-Saharan Africa mm-hmm. and, and going there. So that's probably, if you asked me where I wanted to go, that's probably what I would have said. Um, where I went, it definitely ended up being a lot colder than sub-Saharan Africa was. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think that's what I probably was thinking. Um, but, honestly, I'm I'm glad that Peace Corps sent me somewhere, uh, like George, and somewhere that I knew nothing about. Um, because... It was a really amazing experience just to discover a place that most people know nothing about um, and a place that I would never have chosen to go. It felt it felt much more like a calling that way, actually. Mm-hmm. And so I've been spending a lot of time on Instagram, uh, just connecting with Peace Corps volunteers and as I'm doing this project for my Peace Corps story. And I'm very ashamed to say now that I've been looking at these beautiful pictures of Georgia and other countries in Eastern Europe that when I was going through the process, I, I flat out told them, like, do not send me to Eastern <laughs> Europe. I, I do not like the cold. Something about just, it, for me, it felt like I didn't want to be in a place that was sort of developed and then had like a little bit of a backslide that I wanted that stereotypical of undeveloped and then working sure. from, from the ground up. So you know, I ended up you know getting what I wanted. But then now seeing all these photos and realizing the culture and the food and the history of of the region that you served in, I'm just like, wow, I I almost I don't wish that I had served there instead. But now I, it's definitely on a bucket list of, OK, I need to go there and try to experience that. So I'm excited to, to hear some of your experiences today. Sure. Well, two things come to mind there, actually, as you said that the first is you mentioned the cold and that is a real barrier. Um, Peace Corps actually gives volunteers in Eastern Europe a, a heating allowance. So in August, I would get like $120 to go buy a tree. <laughs> um, and then I borrow a chainsaw from a neighbor and I had my own axe and I'd spend 
three months until it got really cold um, chopping that wood into into fire for the for the little apartment that I had. So that was a a big barrier. And the the second thing that you talked about um, was going to a a a country that's like more more developed. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the thing one of the reasons that I joined Peace Corps, one of the things that I wanted to get out of it actually was learning a new set of skills mm-hmm. um, and skills that would be applicable to a to a career or mm-hmm. skills that would 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 benefit me a lot moving forward. And in that sense, um, actually really enjoyed going to a country that was a little more kind of developed um, because I was able to, you know, write grants and oversee construction projects. I was able to co-found an NGO. I was able to do these things where you're you're moving a little bit further up Maslow's hierarchy of needs Mm -hmm. um, and and do these things that really served me well in my career once I got back uh, to the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw in which you wrote that you ended up building a, a gym for your school. Yeah, um, we have, we built a, a gym and a, and new restroom facilities. Um, okay. There was a the region that I lived in was um has a really famous winery. It's called Klanchkara. Um It's one of the biggest wineries in uh, in Georgia, and they were they were kind enough to donate uh, quite a lot of money to to my school to to build a, a, a gym because during the winter when it's that cold. Uh, Kids aren't actually exercising when they have PE class. They just kind of hang out and play checkers or chess. Um, yeah. And and then and then they donated again to build restroom facilities afterwards. And between that and the uh, some of the Peace Corps funds, um, we're able to do uh, to do both of those. And then I guess now getting into the actual core of your service, one of the one of the questions that I always ask people, uh, just one of your favorite Peace Corps memories. And I really like the story you shared with me about toasting. So I'm interested to hear hear. You tell it, you know, uh, in person now. Sure. So Georgia has this tradition. It's called a, a supra. I mean, it actually means tablecloth, but it's a it's a feast or a, uh, and it's a feast combination party um, where friends, family, neighbors all sit around a table. And this happens for special occasions. It happens because it's Tuesday. It happens for really any reason. And you have just more food than you can fathom. They put food on a table like they build in Manhattan. It's, they, they go up because there's no more room on the table itself. Um, and and they have this tradition of toasting. They name one person Tomata, which means Toastmaster. And that person is responsible for every few minutes when he feels the mood is dipping or when it's necessary, um, raising your glass to, to give a toast. And there's this very specific um, order and tradition of toasting that you're supposed to adhere to. Um, but within that specific order, after that, it's art and it's poetry. And and Tomatas are generally very eloquent people who just give these beautiful, amazing toasts to to peace, to ancestors, to the country you come from, to family, um, and just kind of do that throughout throughout the throughout the meal. And I was fortunate enough that in my PST, which is a um, uh, my training site, uh, my host grandfather. Um, sat down with me after dinner, um, three, four, uh, sometimes five days a week, and gave me tomata lessons, gave me toasting lessons, walked me through the order that they're supposed to go in, walked me through um, what kind of things you're supposed to say and what kind of things you're not supposed to say. And then one of the best memories that I have in Peace Corps is the last night of my of my training before I went to my permanent site. Um, my host dad's, my host grandfather's son, um, asked me to be tomata for their, for their supra that night. Um, which I did, and it turned into just a very, um, a very long night filled with music and and joy, and um, just a really really memorable occasion. Mm-hmm. And 
Do you remember any of those specific toasts or some of the the things that you said, especially if you like, if you could give it to me in local language and then tra and then okay. translate it, actually? <laughs> sure. Um, let's see. One of my favorites was always um, so in Georgian. It's shvidobas to shvidobas which means uh, to peace. If we want, if peace will be will happen in the world, first peace needs to happen in your heart. And then you would expand to when peace happens in your heart, then that can happen in in your home, in your family, which can happen in your city and your country. And soon enough, um, we could possibly have peace in the world to peace, which means cheers. Well, that is, that is a beautiful toast. And I thank you for, for sharing that. <laughs> and then after I, I ask people to share one of their favorite memories, I, I go to the opposite end of the spectrum and ask for a, a least favorite memory. And, you, you wrote one, and I want to know if you want to share that one uh, with us today. Sure. Um, so least favorite memories definitely towards the end of my service. Um, just three days before uh, I was leaving my permanent site for the last time to fly back to the States, um, one of my students, uh, as a 12th grader, he had just graduated, um, was killed in a drunk driving accident uh, just outside of my village. And um, it's a really small school that I worked at. So my 12th grade class was 13 students. Um, so we knew each other really well. Um, and it was difficult for a lot of reasons. Um, obviously, I, I, I knew the kid um, and it was tragic. He was really young. Um, it was really hard to see uh, a lot of my students like that as well. You know, 17, 18 year olds uh, with a experiencing grief with someone who they had grown up with, who they'd taken classes with every day for 12, 13 years. Mm -hmm. uh, it was difficult just for logistical and tradition reasons. In Georgia, there's usually um, kind of a viewing ceremony for a couple days um, of the body where the where guests come in and, in, in and out of the house and, and, and view the body over the course of a few days. And the, the, the person's family uh, stays in a room with the body for several days at a time. Um, and that, that was just really difficult to go through and see. Um, I can't imagine what his family was going through, obviously. And then um, cemeteries in Georgia are usually at the top of mountains, um, as are churches. So um, the physical act of carrying uh, a, a coffin up, up a hill in June in Georgia mm -hmm. uh, was in the midst of, of all this grief. There was everyone was going through like this really difficult physical exertion. It was um, just a really uh, terrible, terrible couple days. Mm -hmm. um, and in a really kind of bad way to end my service. Um, not that, that, you know, that was the, the least of my concern at the, at, at the time, um, but it was just a yeah, really rough few days. Mm -hmm. Well, sorry that you had to go through that, but thank you for, for, for sharing that. And then how did you, I guess, come out, out of that or transition from that being then coming back into the United States? Sure. You know, I, I don't know if you felt this with your service at all, but when I came back, I had a really hard time talking about my service, mm -hmm. um, both the highs and the lows. Um, for a lot of reasons, it's difficult to explain two years of context in a 30-second conversation before someone else gets bored. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so... To answer your question, how I think I dealt with it in coming back to the States and experienced all that is I just shoved it down. And um, and when people asked about Peace Corps, you, you want to hear about the great things. So I you know, talked mm -hmm. about 
projects that I did and and um, and supras that I went to and, and kind of all those stories and all those things. And that was one that I kind of kept um, uh, kept uh, kept back for a while. Mm-hmm. No, and I think it's Peace Corps volunteers do it and other I think people in general do it. They they shy away from from really talking about the hard stuff and talking about those emotions and you know you want to, you want to highlight real of someone's life but everybody knows that it's not that easy it's that much more complex and that's sort of one of the reasons why well one I I wrote a book about my peace corps experience because I got tired of giving the the highlight reel of it was great I ate some weird stuff I got sick every now and then and the people were the nicest people on the planet <laughs> it's like well okay that's what everybody says and mm-hmm. that's also why I wanted to do this show as well, to give people an opportunity to, you know, really explore that stuff, to, to talk about the things that really meant a lot to them. Is is there something else that, that meant a lot to you in your service that you would like to share with us? I mean, this is your stage right now. Well, I'm, I'm not sure if you felt this as well, but one of the one of the feelings that was really difficult during that whole last week, um, and it was similar to a feeling that I had for the first year in country actually um was just a feeling of being almost useless um like you're this uh you're you're placed in this site in this village and really given a lot of slack um to just go do good things um and and become a part of a community and um and yeah and you just feel like what am i actually doing here what value am i actually adding here um even if you you know write grants and get cool things for your school or you uh, you implement uh, great projects that that a lot of people attend uh, a lot of people or a lot of people experience um, you don't you, you still kind of feel like you're you're just there and you're not doing as much as you're capable of um, and you're not helping as much as you originally wanted to before you uh, before you left for the country um, so I think that's one thing that um, that was really hard to deal with I'm not sure if that answered your question or not no, no, it does. And then I guess, how did, how did you overcome that? How did you finally reconcile that you had a, had a place and a purpose while, while sure. serving as a Peace Corps volunteer? Yeah. So Peace Corps has three goals. You know this. Um, mm-hmm. One is to, I'm going to butcher the actual language, but to, to, <laughs> to, help, to help train the host country nationals to, um, to, to, to help themselves mm-hmm. uh, to, 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 do, to do better. Um, and the second two are really around cultural exchanges. Um, so one of the things, and this isn't something that I realized until months after I came back to the States, um, was that a lot of Peace Corps volunteers, in my in my group, in my country anyway, tend to put a lot of effort in that first goal. Um, we do projects, we do things, we teach, we, we, we just put a lot of work into into doing stuff, into leaving leaving a site or a country with like a tangible output. Mm-hmm. Uh, but upon, with a lot of reflection, the, the biggest value add that I brought to the little town of Ambrillari um, was just showing them um, cool things about, about the States um, and, and kind of being a community member. And when, now when they, when they think of Americans, they think of me and my site mate um, in, instead of some other, uh, concept or some some other political figure, and 
And the, the, the second biggest value that I brought was that I, when I came back, I told everyone I knew about this country. And I told them, you have to visit this place. And I myself brought back 12 people there last week um, to kind of uh, just show them around. And hopefully um, now when people think of Georgia, they, they'll think of these awesome stories that people that I know think of Georgia. They'll think of these awesome stories that I have and they'll think of this really unique, incredible country and want to go visit themselves. So I think to answer you, there's a very long way to answer your question, but um, the <clears throat> how I dealt with it was realizing that I, I accomplished, or I believe I accomplished two thirds of the Peace Corps goals very successfully. Mm-hmm. One third, we'll see. Um, but, uh, but that's kind of how I dealt with that, with that feeling. And it took a lot of reflection. It wasn't something that I realized while I was in country at all. Mm-hmm. No, and I, th- I think your, your feelings are shadowed by almost every volunteer. You know, it's almost a, I wouldn't say it's almost a disservice, but the way that the goals are laid out, you know, number one, it's like, oh, well, that's, that's the most important one. That's what we're here to do first. And we focus a little too much on that at times and beat ourselves up for it. And I think it really prevents us from doing goal number two better by just saying, okay, no, I'm going to just dig in and worry about relationships and mm-hmm. build community and share myself and share my culture. Because then when you do that, then you're able to do the first goal better because you've made those connections. They said, okay, this is a real person. He's different, but he actually cares about us. Absolutely. And um, so I experienced that. I don't, I don't know why it took me so long to realize that because I experienced that in training and like my first or second month in country. Um, I don't know if, 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 if you guys did this, but in, in training, we're supposed to, our, our, our training group, which is five volunteers living in one village, is, are supposed to accomplish some sort of community project. Um, and we had been in the village for a month. We didn't know anyone. Um, and we met one winemaker who wanted to sell his wine on the internet. Um, so we thought, all right, let's make a website. We can do that. And it's well within our skill set. So without really talking to him or getting to know him and his needs and without talking to the rest of the community, we did that. And then we decided that we wanted to hold business technology classes for, for local businessmen who wanted to sell their products online. Amazing idea. I thought it would be a huge success. Um, and again, we did this without taking the time to get to know the community and to get to know the, the, the culture and just to get to know people on a personal level. So we put up signs in poorly written Georgian all over the village saying that we we're holding these classes. Um, and on the actual day of classes, the only people that showed up were our like 12 and 13 year old host sisters. Um, <laughs> so we have this, this, this business technology curriculum for our 12 and 13 year old host sisters. And then it just got worse after that. We plugged in a projector and a coffee maker at the same time and started a small fire in the classroom. Um, when we opened the window to let the smoke out from the fire, we hit a beehive um, and, and, and bees came pouring into the classroom. And um, it was just a, a really really great welcome to the country um, mm-hmm. and a really great welcome to Peace Corps um, and and um, was a really great reminder that you need to take the time to to get to know people and that that first goal um, really comes after after the second one that mm-hmm. you need to you, you need the the you need to get to know people you need the cultural exchange first before you can before you can accomplish the the, the rest mm-hmm and then now that you're back, you've been back for for three years, right? Mm-hmm. What what do you miss about your your time in Georgia and your experience as a Peace Corps volunteer? 
Um, there's a lot of things I miss. I, I think first and foremost, I miss uh, my fellow Peace Corps volunteers. Um, Georgia was a small class. I think we came in with 40 people and we left with 30 or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a small class in a, small, in a very small country, which means I got to see other Peace Corps volunteers pretty often, um, which I was very, very lucky because that's not the case in every, in every country of service. Um, I also had a, a site mate uh, who lived in my village with me who I could not have done anything without. Um, so I definitely miss that feeling of camaraderie. You know, when you go through a really, really intense experience with a group of people, you get really close really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, so that's something I definitely miss. Um, I miss um, just experiencing new and different and weird things every day. There wasn't... There wasn't a single day in Georgia where at the end of the day, I thought, oh, that's exactly how I thought the day would go. <laughs> that, that, that never happened um, once in the 27 months I was there. Um, and, and, and I miss that sometimes as well. And then, of course, my, the village I lived in and uh, the, the friends I made there and, uh, and, and the country itself and um, all of that, too. Uh, mm-hmm. But really, I think it boils down to the, the other volunteers I surf with. I'm still very close to, to a lot of them. Um, but miss kind of going through through that with them all the time mm-hmm. and then more importantly than the souvenirs that you brought back which i assume were were many and amazing i have lots of drinking horns yes oh, well that very important <laughs> very important uh do, well i guess now that you've you've said it do you regularly use them or are they just for ornaments now uh mostly just for ornaments okay. um it's a it, it's tough to get guests to use them okay. um well, you'll have to throw a, a traditional, you know, uh, yes. <laughs> a party, and you know, have a have a toastmaster, and you know, break break those out. Mm-hmm. But aside aside from the drinking horns, is there something that you you learned that you brought back with you um, that continues to shape the way you think and operate now back in the states? Good question. Um, I think in terms of behavior, uh, I spoke. Earlier, I think at the first question, the that sense of hospitality um, that that Georgians have, that just treating guests really well, uh, making sure to show them a good time, and really being kind and just uh, welcoming, um, that is something that I've I believe I brought back, and something that I've made a a real concerted effort to to try to bring back and try to make a part of my everyday life to be um, welcoming to guests, to um, just treat. People, even if it's friends that are coming into my home, or um, or or new students at my school, or um, or tourists that I've met when I was back in D.C., um, just treat them kindly um, and kind of welcome them to to my home. Offer them whatever whatever I have, whatever help I can give. Um, that's something that I've really tried to bring back. That's something that um, really that's that's a part of me that really changed because I went to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one. Um, in terms of like skills um, and and those kind of things, uh, patience uh, was a huge one. Um, hard things take a long time to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and in in I'm, I'm in business school now, and that's something that a lot of uh, a lot of classmates tend to get frustrated with is the the amount of time it takes to accomplish something that's really hard. Um, and that's something that Peace Corps you know, taught me well, um, because anything that you try to do, 
whether it's waiting for a bus um, or whether it's trying to build a gym, it's going to take twice or three times as long as you think it actually will um, for, a, for a myriad of reasons. But the, the, the need to be patient and the need just to, to persevere uh, and to have a little bit of grit and just deal with whatever problems arise and keep pushing through and keep moving forward, uh, that's something that, that I, I took back with me as well. Mm-hmm. Those are some excellent souvenirs to have in addition to those those drinking horns. Yes. <laughs> and then before we, we uh, I guess, wrap up the show with uh, a favorite quote that you shared with me, which I absolutely love and will be incorporating into my daily lexicon, um, <laughs> is, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience right now? I think one thing that, that Georgia taught me, that going back to Georgia, uh, last week, uh, kind of reinforced um, that uh, a, a thing that is necessary as a Peace Corps volunteer, as a traveler, as a as as a human being, is um, the ability or the willingness to be open to new experiences and to just be game for whatever comes. Um, you know, it, I, I'm sure every Peace Corps volunteer feels this as well, but y- you never know what's gonna what what, what the next day is gonna bring. Um, and you never know where your next funding source is going to come from. You never know which person you meet is going to be the key to finishing that, um, that English education project that you're trying to complete. Um, but being willing to, to try new things and to meet new people, um, for me was the, was the key to success as a Peace Corps volunteer. Um, and is something that has translated, uh, as, I, as I've been back to the States as well, just a willingness to try new things, a willingness to meet new people, um, a willingness just to get out of your comfort zone um, is, 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 is the most important thing to, or the, the most important indicator uh, to success as a Peace Corps volunteer and the most important kind of skill you foster as a volunteer to take back uh, with you once you're, once you're finished. And I just hope that people listening will maybe challenge themselves a little bit you know, in their daily lives, whether they're currently serving, returned, or have no association with the Peace Corps to, to get out of their comfort zone a little bit and strike up those awkward conversations and stumble through them and get get to know people that you wouldn't have otherwise known in your life. Exactly. Especially as a Peace Corps volunteer, when you're learning a new language, the, the, the key to learning a new language is just confidence um, mm-hmm. and, and being able to, and, and not being embarrassed. Um, you're you're going to sound dumb for a long time. Um, but not being embarrassed to, to sound dumb and just trying your best because people are really kind when you learn the language generally um, and they're really patient with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that's a, that's a, a huge factor there too. Mm. Well, I've had a great time talking with you today. And as we close out the show, um, I just ask if you have a favorite quote or local saying that you would like to share. Sure. Um, it is fitting of the Georgian culture that there are I shared one of these words with you. There are actually two words um, related to, or two phrases related to uh, eating too much um, that, that, that I love. And the first one, um, the, the one that I shared with you is uh, Shemo Mijamo, which means, um, which means I, am, I am very full, uh, but the food is, food is delicious, so I will continue to eat. And it's one <laughs> word um, that, that encaptures that feeling, um, which I think is something that we all... Uh, as Peace Corps volunteers feel, um, mm-hmm. as 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 people want to put more food on your plate, and make sure you try every single local dish. Um, and then the other is uh, it's a phrase. It's a 
which means I literally cannot fit anymore um, <laughs> in terms of food. And it's just very indicative of the culture that um, those two phrases are used pretty often and are two of the first phrases that I learned when I got to Georgia. Very, very important phrases. <laughs> well, I thank you very much for coming on the show today and sharing some of your story. And if anybody uh, wants to check out uh, more about uh, what you wrote and what you talked about, head on over to mypeacecorestory.com, check out the show notes. And just as you said, Google Google some photos of Georgia. It is a beautiful, beautiful country. And, uh, you know, maybe one day you guys can uh, make it there and experience it yourself. I, as I said, it's on, it's on a short list now of places that I, I want to see. Good, good. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting part of the world, too, in addition to it being beautiful and having a really rich tradition and, uh, and history and culture. It's just a fascinating part of the world. Uh, a lot has happened to it. Um, a, a lot of... It's a lot of different influences um, over the course of hundreds of years. There's there's Russian influences, there's Turkish influences, there's Eastern a mix of Eastern and Western influences. It's just a really um, fascinating part of the world to explore. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you for taking the time and sharing a just a sliver of that today as you shared your Peace Corps experience. Absolutely, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening once again. If you want to stay better connected with me and the My Peace Corps Story podcast, head on over to MyPeaceCorpsStory.com. If you want to know my personal Peace Corps story, please check out my new book, Service Disrupted, available on Amazon. Every volunteer has a story. What's yours? <laughs>